Sluts and Scholars, a podcast for professionals who prioritize pleasure. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Slutty scholars, guess what? I am so excited to announce that after six plus years of doing this show, I am planning my first live show and would love to meet you and see you there. I have teamed up with three of my past guests and friends to host Afternoon Delight, a live podcast experience on February 10th, 2024 in Hollywood, California. And don't worry if you aren't in LA or can't get to LA, even though it's a perfect Valentine's Day weekend getaway. We have a recorded option you can buy. Just go to adlive.eventbrite.com for more info and tickets. We have early bird pricing until the end of the year. I'm hosting this event alongside some of the country's top sexologists and podcasters. We've got Dr. Tara of the Love Bites podcast, Dr. Nazanin Moali of Sexology podcast, and August McLaughlin of Girl Boner Radio. Between the four of us, we have the tools for having and maintaining great connection and satisfying sex, and we want to share them with you in person. Afternoon Delight will feature intimate interactive conversations with us, plus audience Q&A, all designed to help you bring more sizzle, realness, and fun to your sex life. And the swag bags are something from your dreams. Go to adlive.eventbrite.com to grab your ticket for in-person delights and our at-home viewing. That's adlive.eventbrite.com to grab your early bird ticket today. A perfect holiday gift for anyone who prioritizes pleasure or wants to. Now to the episode. Sluts and Scholars is a podcast produced by Sluts and Scholars Media, LLC. It is a shame-free educational podcast made for your entertainment and informational desires only. The podcast, any opinions we share, and any resources, including social media and emails from us, are not therapy, medical care, or professional advice, and do not create a patient-client relationship. None of the information, opinions, suggestions, resources, or exercises mentioned in this podcast should be used without clearance from your healthcare provider. All opinions, information, and ideas expressed by the guests are solely their own. If you need emergency mental health or medical help, please call 911 or 988 or go to your nearest emergency center. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to another week of Sluts and Scholars, the podcast for professionals who prioritize pleasure. I'm Nicoletta Heidegger, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and sexologist. And this week, I'm excited to welcome new friend and colleague, Thomas Daly II, a passionate advocate for sexual positivity and personal growth. Hailing from Bloomington, Minnesota, Thomas's journey began amidst chaos and parental trauma. As a young adolescent, he delved into the profound impact of trauma, setting the stage for his transformative path. With over five years of experience and more than 100 events, workshops, and retreats, uh, some of which I recently got to attend that were awesome, Thomas has witnessed the incredible impact of intentional human connection on personal growth, relationships, and overall well-being. His ability to create a safe and supportive environment really empowers participants to explore their vulnerabilities, shatter barriers, and forge deep connections. Through his work with diverse groups of individuals from various backgrounds, ages, and cultures, Thomas continues to expand his toolkit of techniques and strategies for authentic connection and communication. He draws from elements of psychodrama, tantra, authentic relating, long-form improv, and is guided by the principles of integral theory. Welcome, also known as Major Tom. Welcome, Major Tom, a.k.a. Thomas Daly II. (laughs) Thank you. 
Almost dated the fucking so far Um, Well, I have to ask because um, Major Tom just reminds me of David Bowie. Uh, is it a David Bowie thing? It is a David Bowie thing. So when I was 29, I went backpacking through Europe. And a part of that was I was backpacking with the artist collective called O-Team. And our intention was to find artists and philosophers and uh, poets around the in Europe. And while I was busking singing Space Odyssey, there was the shift of my life at that time where they were chanting, can you hear me, Major Tom? And I'm just like riffing and just singing and something mm-hmm. like shifted where I was like, am I listening? <laughs> am I listening to like the innate knowledge that I've mm-hmm. had? Have I been denying at this whole time? Mm-hmm. And like the shift of being like, I'm no longer denying my innate knowledge and I'm no longer denying my fuck yes. Mm-hmm. So there was that shift and I just kept it. And it's been 10 years now of me keeping Major Tom because my friends are just like, yeah, Major Tom. I was, I, at that point, I was like, I'm kid. So I was like, yeah, I'm Major Tom. But then that spoke to me. It continues to speak to me as to continuously like listen to the truth and the wisdom that is innate and yeah. listen to myself. Oh, I love that. I love that. Well, I'm a big Bowie fan. I have two David Bowie tattoos, so I feel feel a kinship with you around yeah. that. Um, and I, I also, I don't know what your roles are in like kink spaces, but I kind of like the uh, the name Major as opposed to like you know Sir, Daddy, Mister, Mistress, whatever. It's like Major. Mm-hmm. Major Daddy works too. Major Daddy. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> things are unlocking <laughs> <laughs> okay so uh, may, major, may I call you major daddy for the interview oh please <laughs> okay, so major, <laughs> major daddy you talked about your upbringing um, a bit in the bio um, I'm really curious how you went from, from all of that to now hosting sexuality and, and pleasure based events yeah I always say that honestly it's like being completely transparent is that yeah. this is the most authentic evolution of my life a lot of my trauma had to do with sexual trauma at a young age and there's family things that were just divorced and the, the, the chaos of my now rp bad but there was a lot of chaos in that mm-hmm. divorce mm-hmm. and there was a point in fourth grade there was a i was involved with a robbery where the doors kicked in and guns someone shot blah 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 Oh my gosh. And in fifth grade, I started to track the impact that had. So by the time I was 16, I had been doing work, not not knowing I'm doing work, but tracking impact, noticing um, the trauma that had happened. I wrote down all the things that I had felt and held throughout the years when I was 16 years old. Mm. I talked to my parents around what had happened and what the impact was on me because they're just assuming their life is going on or like there's a lot of things I'm holding. I spent a lot of time in libraries and Barnes and Nobles. Barnes and Nobles were like my hangout spot as a teenager. Mm. So that I was receiving information from me seeking information around what had happened. So I'd read things around sexual assaults, a molestation. Mm. Things like that. By the time I was 16, I had already built in a lot of information. And then there's the, the religious trauma around sexuality mm-hmm. that I had to process. I was celibate from um, 
I say 2025, I was celibate. By choice? By choice. Well, it was religious confusion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a hedonistic human, and I'm not really the heteronormative aspect of life never really aligned with me. So because I didn't understand why I was having sex, I felt like I shouldn't be having sex. Mm-hmm. So I had to really understand where my guess was before I could engage in sexual acts and understand if it was trauma that would cause me to want any of the sex I designed and if I was okay with that. Mm. So um, at 20, that, during that time, I was really deconstructing and um, extrapolating on what was my truth and what was what things that I was holding and I had to understand. So there was a long journey. Um, sexuality had just my 20s were basically all about sexuality and diving into the history of sexuality and what heterosexuality mean, what bisexuality meant. When did those things come about? Like, when did, like, what is monogamy? What is non monogamy? So, those things, there was a, a shift around after backpacking where I just dove in. I was in a polycule and we just dove in. We nerded out on books and workshops and uh, one of my partners was training to be a dungeon master. So all the kinks that were possible and how to do those safely. And in that, I started to feel more in my truth of like, one, I'm a creative at heart. And in Tantra, that is also considered sexual energy, creative energy and sexual energy is similar. And so there's this, there's a alignment to me, like diving into all these aspects of sexual value, sensuality, kink, um, energetic play, all these things on this wide spectrum. And once I start to like understand it, I start to explore it. I start to really just like pick a part of like how these things work. We're creating workshops of like, oh, this is pet play. This is what this is. And this is how you can get into these kink scenes or this is how you can tap into your sexuality and find your sensuality. Mm. So for me, it just was an honestly organic evolution of exploration of me seeking out information and being nerdy about sex, like being a sex geek and like actually diving into informative workshops and books and podcasts around sexuality and finding my truth in it. And then wanting to share that. Once I feel, one big thing about me is like, once I feel like I, there's been transformation, I want to share how I got to that transformation. Mm. Oh, this worked for me. This worked for me. So I want to share that with everyone. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, somehow it sounds like you're, unconscious trauma response was to uh gain knowledge and be very wise <laughs> like somehow your trauma response was like wiseness it was just like yeah what is this mm. it was curiosity honestly because yeah. there was presence i'm just like something's happening now that this thing happened yeah. i'm aware that there was a huge trauma i'm aware that my mom moved away and now that i'm seeking motherly energy why mm. is that why mm. am i doing this thing? and that's a 12 year old asking this question like why am i doing this? Yeah, there's the library, and I'm going to go to sexuality. I'm going to go to um, art books, and I'm just reading things until I find information. Mm-hmm. I mean, this uh, is like a whole different conversation, but just naming it's as a therapist for me, it's so interesting to see how different people respond to trauma, you know, know, and just our whether it's a conscious or unconscious responses. It's just so interesting to me to see like how people respond so differently to, to experiences. Um, and and you talked about taking this like 
time away from having sex that I'm hearing was like not intentional. And Mm -hmm. I also, and I think you believe too, that like pleasure and sexuality can be healing for our trauma. So in some ways, like we are being maybe driven by our trauma sometimes in what we seek out, but I hear that you wanted to do it intentionally. And I'm curious for folks listening, like, what do you think is maybe the difference between just being driven by our trauma and then just repeating our trauma patterns in sex versus mm-hmm. utilizing pleasure and sexuality in order to gain liberation? For me, the, it just comes down to awareness. Are you aware of the patterns? Are you aware of the trauma? Are you aware how that shows up in your body? Mm-hmm. So me, it's like slowing down, dropping deeper in, getting acquainted with self, actually feeling into like, I like these things. Okay, do I like this little bar? Is it a drive or is it something in my trauma that creates this idea of safety? Mm-hmm. And so me, I like to actually sit with things and not, I like to just sit. I always tell people that I will go inside. It's fall into depression intentionally because my depression is not depression. It's me feeling everything more. Mm. And so the closer I get to the, the, the source of it, I get to feel it more. And then I get to see, I understand what, how it's impacting my way of being. What do you think has helped you tolerate feeling more? That's a really good question because I, uh, maybe truthfully, I'm an actor. I grew up as an actor. That was my choice from fourth grade until the pandemic. Actually, I had an actor before the pandemic started. Um, for me, there's a gift and a beauty of feeling anything. Mm. So I never feel like, oh my God, this is so hard to feel. I'm always like, wow, I get to feel this deep. Mm-hmm. I, it's something I feel safe in and I feel that I can come back from. Mm-hmm. And so I choose to go deep into it. And I've always been a person, because I didn't cry a lot in my early, my late teens to early 20s, there was a part of me that created space to cry. I didn't know I was doing re- grief rituals or tapping into my emotions. I just had information from acting and I knew sad songs made me sad. So I used to set aside time once a year because I didn't cry throughout the year to play sad songs and just wail it out. Mm. And for me, that was me being able to like feel the things and a lot of things will come up. When I'm in my grief, it actually pinpoints a lot. Like there's just like a moment of like, and then there's that and there's that and that, that, which used to make me fall into my dark spaces. Mm-hmm. But now that I have more presence with it, it allows me to feel the things that my subconscious thinks that I haven't dealt with. Yeah. So with your sort of more intentional approach to sex, what have you seen like transform for yourself in terms of how um, how sex and pleasure have maybe liberated you from past traumas? There's so many ways because I really did dive into pleasure aspect of it. And one that I was weak. There was a, my dad was a, a whooper. He liked to whoop and hit and yell. Mm. And there was a part of me that loves impact play. And as an impact bottom, my, like my turn on is to wear out the impact top. Why? It's because I am proving to myself that I can take it. And it's mm. essentially my relationship to my dad of hitting me and being yeah. like me crying, having to cry and mm. not to stand in my power in this act. 
and be like, I can take anything you get. Mm. So for me, it's just like a practice of I get to be in my power. Mm-hmm. I get to be in my fuck yes. And all those things to me feel very healing in the long term because it's, the truth is I grew up in a space that I wasn't in my power. It, I, that wasn't allowed. Mm-hmm. Something that was pushed out. I, yeah. My yes was not something that I could trust. Mm-hmm. And now I get to be in my pleasure and do the things that I actually want to do. There was a point in time before um, 29 that I truly thought that at one point in my life, I'm going to have to say goodbye to half of the uh, half of the people on this planet because I can't have sex with, I'm, I have to be in a monogamous relationship. So at some point, I'm going to have to stop doing things that some of the things I hadn't even actually played out yet. Some of my fantasies haven't even played out yet. And at this point in my life, every fantasy that I've had come up outside of like, creating uh big budget films or something like that those things haven't happened but when it comes to like my fantasy mind and it comes to sexual pleasure i've done those things because now what happens is that a fantasy comes up and i'm i go create it i don't go oh i don't think i'm i shouldn't do that so people are gonna look at me a certain way i don't think that way i think oh what's that that's juicy let's try to do that mm-hmm. is that is that a thing is that a kink that I could put? <laughs> and get- Where are the other people who are into this? <laughs> you know, I have access and I have the uh, the resources to know that there is just a wide graded sexuality now. So the, the, the truth of it is, is that I think the healing is that we are just listening to ourselves. Mm. We get to trust, gain that bravery and trust in self to be like, yeah, you want that, you can have that. Mm-hmm. Not you are not gross because you want these things. Mm-hmm. We're a human and we deserve pleasure. And I'm a hedonist, ethical hedonist. So you deserve pleasure. Speak it out. Go get it. Go create it. How would you define ethical hedonist? For me, it just means that you are aware that you deserve pleasure and you are you want to create a space where everyone involved in how you operate is aware that that's how you operate. Yeah. This is for me. Yeah. For my pleasure. And I would like to do this. Yeah. It's like, I, it sounds like just the line between hedonist and sociopath. <laughs> like, <laughs> people need to know that what's going on. I want people to know. I like, love it. Yeah. Like, yes, go out and get what you want and follow your yes. And also don't harm people. Don't call, don't, just don't create, just rubble behind you because you were just living a life like whatever. Cause I, yeah. I, I grew up as this guy who was like, I do whatever. Well, yeah, DGAF. <laughs> yeah, down to the but then it's like, how much hurt it left behind mm-hmm. because you are just flailing in the wind doing whatever you want. Yeah. Awareness. Be just aware. Yeah. There's impact. Yeah. Speak the truth. Be transparent. Mm-hmm. Going back to like the trauma piece for a second, um, I always find this interesting that like, and I've talked about this on the podcast a lot before. So if you're tuning in for the first time, um, just want to highlight and validate that just because you're into something doesn't mean you necessarily had trauma around it. And trauma is a valid way that, you know, we figure out maybe what we're into or eroticize our trauma. And as you're talking about, find ways to um, reintegrate it or take ownership back over it to have a corrective experience. And I'm wondering, as you've done some of your own healing around this stuff, do you find that you're still into the things, aka like if you work through some of the trauma, are you like, 
oh shit, I don't want to get hit anymore until the top tires out. Or are you like, no, I worked on that and it's still hot. Oh yeah. I've worked on that and it's still hot. And it's still, yeah, I feel the same. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. okay, I've worked on a lot of this stuff, but like still hot. Yeah. For me, it's, I, I have, I worked in anything like turned off. Um, Oh yes. So for me, I've called in relationship specific relationship styles and dynamics mm. that have caused a lot of hurt. However, it caused transformation. So there are things that I have experienced that has transformed me to not need that or want that. Like there's no fantasy line that I haven't received it. So mm. like I've received it and I've received the gifts from that as well. So mm -hmm. I know go towards that mm -hmm. so for me it's just like is there a gift in why you, you're receiving or what you're designing and mm -hmm. then actually identify this is where my learning was this is where the teaching was this yeah. is the gifts and i can move on or mm -hmm. i can move on no longer needing the gifts now just pleasure focused yeah yeah so it sounds like both both and right like yeah, both always both and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah you're actor yes and <laughs> <laughs> yes and you are talking a lot about finding your yes. And I, I speak about this on, on other podcasts and sometimes this one too. Um, what do you feel like has been most helpful for you in like finding your yes and knowing what to listen to, to guide you towards what works for you? I would say long form improv, my extensive um, studies and classes of long form improv. That wait, wait, sorry. What, what is long form improv? Long form improv is the, form that is like the herald or just being on stage like you may have a hint or a seed for where inspiration comes from however you're just up there it's not a game you're just up there for 35 45 minutes creating mm. so it's not like a quick game like there's an intention you have to find the thing yeah. there's like ways to hold uh there's like um forms like the herald which there are like scenes b one two three Seems A123 and stuff like that. But it's just a form that is longer. And to do that, there's like the practice is really tapping into your information and subconscious information. Mm -hmm. So there's like this cycle of flow state of speaking, allowing your mm -hmm. truth to come out really quickly. And yeah. from anything that taps in my flow state is a practice of tapping deeper into myself quicker. Mm -hmm. And so I have access to my truth a lot easier. Yeah. It's long for me to just like access this information, feel mm -hmm. into what's happening, feel my yeah. no, feel my yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, that sounds similar to what works for me, but I don't do it through improv. So I'm, I mean, to me, this is sort of supportive of like what I preach to folks around how, why play is so important um, and essential because I hear the ultimately you're like slowing down, like the key things are slowing down, being with yourself and playing. Um, to reach flow state and that that's how you kind of get in touch with your your yes voice or i don't know what if you would call it like your evolved yeah. most evolved self your most, yeah. yeah yeah i think that play is allowing there to be no stakes mm -hmm. and you can still gain information from the low stakes experience of you just experimenting and playing around with ideas yeah. Yeah. I was laughing recently because um, there's a lot of people in Los Angeles uh, where I live that do improv. And I've yeah. had some friends send me funny memes about like men who do improv instead of therapy. 
Oh. And so more like, like, oh, instead of getting a therapist, I'm just going to do improv. And so like do improv and therapy is my PSA. Yeah. I was going to say improv isn't going to heal anything. It allows <laughs> access to maybe more of yourself, but uh, it's not healing. Yes. Um, so on the subject of play, you host conscious play parties um, mm-hmm. as a living. And I've had the opportunity to attend some of the ways that you've um, facilitate this and it's, it's beautifully done. So for folks listening, um, if you are listening to this and you're like, what is a play party for the first time, go back to my episode, uh, episode 242, sexy parties with Keely Rankin. Um, if you're curious about like, what are sex parties, how to navigate that for the first time. This episode is sponsored in part by no CD. OCD is more than what you see on TV and in the movies. Imagine having unwanted thoughts about your sexuality stuck in your head all day, no matter how hard you try to make them go away. Relationship OCD is an often overlooked subtype of OCD that can come with unrelenting, intrusive images, thoughts, and urges about your partner, a loved one, or sexuality. If you think you might be struggling with relationship OCD, there is hope. NoCD offers effective, affordable, and convenient OCD therapy. No CD therapists are trained in exposure response prevention therapy, which is the gold standard of treatment for OCD. With No CD, you can do virtual, live, face to face video sessions with one of their licensed specialty trained therapists. It's affordable and they accept most major insurance plans. Breaking the OCD cycle takes effective treatment. To get started, go to NoCD, that's N O C D.com, to book a free 15 minute call. And in case you missed the first announcement, I am so excited to share that after six plus years of doing this show, I am planning my first live show and would love to meet you and see you there. I have teamed up with three of my past guests and friends to host Afternoon Delight, a live podcast experience on February 10th, 2024 in Hollywood, California. And don't worry if you aren't in LA or can't get to LA, we will have a recorded option that you can buy. Just go to adlive.eventbrite.com for tickets and more info. We have early bird pricing and a few of those tickets until the end of the year. I'm hosting this event alongside some of the country's top sexologists and podcasters. We've got Dr. Tara of the Love Bites podcast, Dr. Nazanin Mawali of Sexology podcast, and August McLaughlin of Girl Boner Radio. Between the four of us, we have the tools for having and maintaining great connection and satisfying sex. And we want to share them with you in person. Afternoon Delight will feature intimate interactive conversations plus audience Q&A, and they're all designed to help bring more sizzle, realness, and fun to your sex life. And the swag bags are something from your wildest dreams. Go to adlive.eventbrite.com to grab your tickets for in-person delights and or at-home viewing. That's adlive.eventbrite.com. The link is in the episode description to grab your early bird tickets tickets today. It's a perfect holiday gift for anyone who prioritizes pleasure or wants to. Now back to the episode. Um, in a more maybe advanced level, what are conscious play parties? It is a adult play space of intentional pleasure or sexual or kick practices. So you get to be facilitated in a space, whatever the theme is, or whether that be um, consent or primal play, you are facilitating the activity that tap you into these ideas and allow you to discuss how this works for you, what's coming up for you in that play. And then you get to actually just get replay and explore. 
So it's a more intentional space to practice and discuss what's coming up for you around your sexuality and your pleasure. Whatever that thing means, whatever your intention is when coming in, you get to tap, play in. Mm-hmm. So for me, why I love a more conscious play client, what, where I gained my healing from or my gifts from was I went into a play party with my intention to speak every desire that comes up. And I did that. It was a wild party. I integrated that into a way I lived. So I no longer doubted myself. And it wasn't, it wasn't just a container. I integrated into the space. Like everywhere I went, if I had a thought or desire, I no longer hushed myself. I no longer said no to myself. I allowed other people to have the time and say no to me, but I didn't say no to myself. So it was just like, it's a space for you to actually get to play with yourself. Like, mm. how do I operate in the world? Do I have issues asking for what I want? Am I nervous about being a submission? Am I nervous about being a dom? Now I have a space that you can play in that intentionally. Get garner information, discuss that with people, have someone maybe teach you some things, and then you get to integrate how you choose to integrate. Yeah. What do you think is maybe some of the key differences between like maybe like a mainstream sex party versus like what you like to facilitate, what you're describing? When I'm going into a sex party space, I am going into a space that is specifically around sex and orgasm. My focus is what can I, how can I orgasm? And mm. a play space is like, what can I guard? What information can I garner? What community can I create in a conscious play party? Where am I in my sexual journey right now that I can mm-hmm. actually sit down with people and discuss that? And have yeah. someone, a facilitator, a coach, a therapist in the space that is that there with me to discuss that. I can yeah. cry and it's not weird. It's, yeah. You know, it's just like a different. There, there's someone there who's like, your tears are hot. Let me lick them up. So let me lick it. Oh my gosh. Flashback, flashback. What does that lick tears? Um, um, yeah, so slide, slide into those DMs if you like right. tears. if you like licking tears and holding supporting me as I am crying <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. so, yeah it's, for me it's just like a sex party is literally that it's a party of sex mm-hmm. an intentional play space can feel like a sex party in a sense of like uh, two hours in three hours in everyone's in some type of sexual experience mm-hmm. however there have already been a lot of consent talks there's been a lot of I Conversations that create bravery is also been about a lot of uh, personal exploration. Yeah. So that is the the cultures being set that you are in a space to explore yourself, and not just sexually, but how do you support people? How do you energetically cleanse yourself? How do you tap into your know and stay in connection? So it's like a, a space of permissioning a way to be a more conscious lover or partner or friend in a sex space, sexual, sex positive, sex forward space. Yeah. Okay. So let's say I I arrive at one of your conscious play events. Um, I'm, I'm anxious. I'm nervous. I'm like, how the fuck do I get things started? Like, what are some of your favorite ways to, or maybe your favorite way to foster human connection when you've got a room full of people who are like, what now? (laughs) Like they have all these desires and they're like, uh, See, that's the, why I've created facilitation the way I do, because yeah. I didn't want that at all. Yeah. I don't want you to walk into the space and be like, wait, what do I do? Yeah. I want you to be greeted. 
Mm-hmm. And I want the, the exploration to be start at the door. I want my greeters to give you a card that has a question on it. And you have to ask two people you don't know this card on the question. Mm-hmm. Or there's like a, 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 uh, a prompt to tap into something. So that for the first 30 minutes, you are already have something going on. You have a task mm-hmm. and you're not just meander. You mm-hmm. have a task to connect with people. Once I start facilitating, I'm going to talk for a little bit, but then it's all about connection. Yeah. My goal is to create connection, create some type of turn-on, whether that be erotic or your creativity, and just allow you to be in a space where you're like, I feel connected to people already. I also don't feel as nervous as I thought I would. Because mm-hmm. I'm breathing, I'm noticing my breath. I'm being able to move my body. I'm being able to tap into weird positions of becoming a creature and rolling around on the floor and being silly and not taking myself serious for a little bit. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like, what ways can I alleviate the mind from creating story that you don't belong, that no one wants to talk to you, that you need to have sex here to have a good time. So like, I'm trying to alleviate all these things or that I am the only person here with this pleasure or this desire. And I want to alleviate all these things. So people can feel like, oh, we are just in a space together in, with community and we're about to have a lovely time. Mm. So yeah. I exercise in games to make alleviate a lot of that. What's your favorite one for yourself to like get into your body? Uh, because I'm super primal. I love anything that is inviting any play of animal play, like get into a kitten, find an animal, become that for a while, mm-hmm. become a puppy, a horny puppy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And for I'm folks just- listening, if you haven't heard of primal play, go back to the episode with um, Wiley Wolf and we talk about pet play and primal play. So you can uh, hear a little more about that. <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah, those things I think are super fun. And also mm-hmm. they allow you to get out of the head. Yeah. Get into your instincts, get into your body, get mm-hmm. into your heart, and just like being the desire. What do you want to do right now? How do you want to move? Yeah. What are you drawn to? You yeah. get to be in that, in that moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would love, if you're willing to share, I would love to hear a quote-unquote success story of just like being in a space where you're like, I'm a little bit afraid to ask for what I want, but then you ask for it and you get it. Um, I'd love to hear like what has worked for you to be able to like own that desire and how you say it for it to be received. And people are like, Ooh, yeah, me too. And then they join you. Like, do you have any examples of like what that can look and sound like? Cause that, that's hard to do. That's very vulnerable. There's so many ways. Um, a lot of ways. One is really tapping into, are you clear on this and asking if someone is open to discussing what's possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So instead of walking up and being like, oh my gosh, I would love to put your genitals in my mouth. So it's always just like, I have a desire to connect with you. And then I'm also curious of what's possible. So if you be open, you would you like to discuss that. Mm-hmm. I have, I have desires. I'm having that conversation like, these are my desires. These are my boundaries could start. But for me, it's always like, are you even open to having a discussion on what's possible? So we can discuss and see where there's alignment in our desires, in our, what we receive as pleasure. Mm-hmm. And then we can discuss, okay, let's, let's dive into that. And how do we, what are our boundaries around that? Yeah. Whereas around that, now that we've discussed that for me, I'm always just open to being like, I want to connect with you. 
um, in a platonic way, or I would connect with you in this way. It's been very clear and specific on how long, when, how I want something to happen. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I tell people, like I just want to let you know that before the end of this party, I would love to connect with you in some way. And so, if you feel a yes to that at some point, you can give me, or at some point, I want to come up and ask. Yeah, yeah. So it's just clarity for me. Just be bit transparent. I've had a lot of spaces where uh, there's a group of people talking and they're not, there's no action happening, but I can sense there's a desire. Mm-hmm. So, but I do a lot of times is just join the conversation and ask what's everyone's boundaries with each other. Cause asking what do you, if we're in a group of six of us and there's clear, if we have a discussion around boundaries, that is inviting play. Yeah. Cause now we know. I, some people will say, I feel comfortable with any type of touch and I feel comfortable saying no, if that, if I change my mind, mm-hmm. so we have that bravery and that safety already in the container. And that way it allows people to be like, okay, we can play. Yeah. I feel comfortable touching me. Perfect. Now we can touch. Mm-hmm. So it's just trying to invite and permission people to be in their play or be in touch. is something that I think is the easiest way to do it. So there's no like secret because people can be in there knowing that the sovereign humans People go, like, oh, I'm a note to this. Uh, don't worry. Connect with them that way. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you for asking for what you want. I appreciate it. Yeah. 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 For me, it's like, oh, I speak to her. Don't be afraid of the no. I was going to say, what's been most helpful in like managing the no when you hear it? For me, it's like the no has nothing to do with you. So mm-hmm. you, you want a tiny, you want to be a sovereign human being, you want to be able to say no. You should want other people to it as well. Yeah. If that doesn't disconnect me. If you are no, I'm still being able to ask and say yes to myself. I'm mm. still holding that relationship and honoring myself. So I'm like, I want to just ask. Yeah. So like finding relationship in the no. Yeah. Like you get to take care of yourself. You get to honor yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the most important part around our pleasure is that we, we need to find a space that we are honoring our truth. Mm. and not being shamed because we don't want to touch or play with someone. It's just it's like, oh, I'm a known girl. Thank you for asking. I don't mm-hmm. have to be mad at you for asking. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's just, yeah. we get to ask what we want. I felt a lot of fear because I'm attracted to all genders and a lot of, there's this heteronormative idea that I should not, I can get hurt if I speak that to a male-bodied person. And like, physi- like physically hurt, you mean? Yeah, someone could yeah. touch me or yeah. try to ruin my life. Yeah. <laughs> and so that 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 was a story that no longer exists because one, I'm coming from a space of heart and care and it's not aggressive when I'm asking. It's just like, I want to make sure I'm asking the most bold. I don't want to bypass something that could be possible for us. Mm-hmm. I also want to be in life that's full of pleasure. So if that's possible, mm-hmm. ask them just to do it from a high centered space and be like, cool, this doesn't change our relationship. Yeah. Me asking for to um, escalate to a more sexual space or kinky space mm-hmm. doesn't change how I see you. Nor does it mean that I stick away in love with you or anything like that. Just go down speaking to what's emerging right now. And this, which is, this is the life in Yeah. Life. A lot of the parties that I have gone to are very white. 
what has been your experience in navigating this and naming what you want in spaces that are predominantly white? Well, for me, um, for the most part, I, that's most commonly is predominantly white sex positive spaces. That's the norm from my experience outside of Atlanta and like Wable Bay. Um, but that has never stopped me from asking for what I want. That's never stopped me from creating, uh, and causing a scene in print space. I don't walk around with feeling that I don't deserve or that my blackness can cause harm. That's not my, that's not my story, nor is it something I want to hold. Um, my only, I always tell people the only difference in this sex positive space, uh, when it comes to being someone from the African diaspora is that I get that question asked <laughs> in these spaces often. It's like, mm-hmm. how is it to be a black facilitator? And it's like, it's for me, it's, it's more about me and walking into that truth, mm-hmm. who I am. And yeah. while my skin complexion has definitely impacted how my life has been mm-hmm. that is not the, my focus as a yeah. person i do have spaces that are uh, centered around uh black people mm-hmm. and that is perfectly fine it's wonderful to have spaces that are centered around certain things mm-hmm. for me like because because i am queer and black there's just a wide uh, gradient of othering that I've experienced in general. Mm-hmm. However, because I'm a person that prefers to live in my power and not just casually give that away, I say focus to my social identity. Mm-hmm. Know the lineage that I come from, that people, my people did not, could not live fully in their power. Mm-hmm. And so I choose to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to do that and give my power to people because of whatever rules and people choose to mm-hmm. step in my power and I live full in my power specifically around my pressure mm-hmm. that's one of my strong suits of work this is my strong guess yeah. you know oh, and I feel no shame or no confusion around that nor do mm-hmm. I feel disrupted because of that mm-hmm. yeah I just have I've had a lot of um, folks that I've worked with uh, folks of color who like didn't want to go into some of the play spaces. And yeah. so they were like, where's, where's a space for me, you know? Um, and so I don't know if you have in your experience, any tips for folks who are feeling that way and wanting to like find space for them. It, well, one, it exists. Um, there's a lot of facilitators that have mm-hmm. specifically for you. Yeah. There's uh, specific Facebook groups and meetup groups and that like groups that are specifically for you. Yeah. So finding them out with something that and creating and yeah. if you, you create it, it's yeah. your life. Mm-hmm. I do I create things that I want to do. Mm-hmm. That's how I operate. And yeah. so if it's not in your area, mm-hmm. you collect people. Mm-hmm. You create the tune mm-hmm. And you do it. And for yeah. me, it's like don't always wait for everyone else to do it for you. Mm-hmm. If you really want something, create it. Yeah. Yeah. And I understand it because there's the information around one, like race play in general. Certain people don't understand that gradients or the activation that can cause 
by you saying, I've never kissed a black person before. Mm-hmm. Or I want to see a big black dick or a BBC mm-hmm. or things mm-hmm. like that. that. Yeah. Or I would, let me touch your skin. Or just mm-hmm. like things that you may think are harmless can cause harm or activate someone in space that takes away their pressure or their sexual. They're right. shifted. Yeah. Yeah. And I hear for you with what you're saying and really embodying your power that like you've been able to more embodied and confidently step into like any space where you're like, this is, I deserve pleasure in this space. I, yeah, I deserve pleasure in this space. I'm choosing yeah. to be in this space, so I'm going mm-hmm. to act in such a way that it's clear yeah. that I'm here to yeah. form pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in that vein, like, I'm curious what has been most healing for you or what you've seen be healing for other people by going to conscious play parties. Oof. So, oh, what? <laughs> Has yeah, they get to re- relieve, let go of, shed things mm-hmm. that no longer serve them. Yeah, I mean, one you're already saying is feeling like I'm a person who deserves pleasure, yes. and I deserve to ask for what I want and 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 have that be held. Yeah, so that that's like for me, that's already a huge step in you stepping into your power. Mm-hmm. Then there's the aspects of. Being able to figure out your truth when it comes to the gradients of your sexuality. Mm-hmm. Heterosexuals, queerness, homosexuality, all these terms can feel like limiting and mm-hmm. have a sense where your limiting beliefs are challenged when you get to play in them mm-hmm. and figure out how I can I can identify as heterosexual, but where's my comfortability mm-hmm. with playing with someone of the same gender? Mm-hmm. What is my comfortability of playing with trans? What is my comfortability? of having like uh the opposite gender dominate me or submit to me what is my ability so having an understanding of your actual sexual capacity Mm -hmm. your erotic capacity and being present with that i feel like that's a gift to be in your power around your sexuality will shift your life i've seen that fully that is my favorite part of witnessing people come to my parties fully like, how do they show up in their community? Mm-hmm. What are they creating? Because now they're honoring what they want in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. They're stepping into their, their power and be like, I want to create this, so I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. There's no longer, there's so many possibilities. There's so many things I shouldn't probably do. No one's going to want this from me. There's, the stories are just shedding because you are in a space yeah. where there's more, there's more risk around your sexuality than there is. Can I have a workshop? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of shame and story around our sexuality. So being in the space where you get to be in that, process that, and then integrate that into the way you live, that it's, it's a huge shift. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it's a play party, right? The word, the keyword play, you know, yeah. and, and I do believe that we learn so much through experiential stuff. And when we were younger, that's how we learned to make sense of the world, you know, is through play. And so this is the same thing, just in a, a more adult, <laughs> more adult setting. We game. We're, we're, we're trading. We're trading the blocks and the art projects for uh, you know, some uh, Sibians and <laughs> restraints and floggers. But you know, t- we're playing. We're playing, and we're being witnessed in our play, and we're being hailed in our play. Yeah, and I think that is the beauty of a play space is that we. A lot of these aspects that will take more time and healing will be a witness to the truth. Mm-hmm. You get to do that in the month. 
Yeah. But being witnessed and held and supported and celebrated in you being you. Yeah. In real time. So it's not like you have to, oh, this, I feel like I've shed this skin now. I have to wait six months for people to witness my mm-hmm. evolution, or I have to try this out and see how I feel. No, I get to do that right now. Yeah. My curiosity is here and I get to be in that right now and be witnessed a little celebrate. I think that is a beautiful gesture when it comes to human behavior. We want belonging, we want acceptance. So when it comes to our sexuality, having these things be so immediate, like, oh, I find like hearing people say, guys say, oh, I finally kissed the guy for the first time, or I tried to hold the guy for the first time, and then everyone erupting and cheering and cracking room. That does something for a man to be like, I'm celebrating. Mm. It's fun not being just this heterosexual I do. Yeah. I think yeah. that's something that was one of my favorite things to witness because I know how challenging I know mm-hmm. how yeah. to fall away from the heteronormative that you have been indoctrinated your entire life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And have women be celebrated for like, I had a gangbang for the first time and people go, well done, something. <laughs> Or someone crying and being held mm-hmm. for actually being just so grateful that they got to do, be seen. There's people that, once I've cried as a facilitator, because I had someone who was non-binary come to live. Okay, well, no, uh, cry, cry again, <laughs> right? We're, we're feeling all the feelings. Someone was come to my third party as a non, who wanted who felt non-binary and wanted to explore what that would be like connecting with different bodies and how people would connect with them if they shared that they were non-binding. And at my closing circle, which I had discussions at the closing circle around your experience, they shared that they finally felt seen and heard and was able to be in their turn-on around being seen as this person that they're becoming. And I remember like... Oh, I'm going to cry too. <laughs> I know. It's such a weird But I really... <laughs> I created a space for someone to actually be seen. Mm. And just like knowing the journey of just wanting to be seen as your whole, just who you are and who you see yourself as. Yeah. It's such a gift and like to hold mm-hmm. space for people and create community of people that will do that in the space you're creating. Mm-hmm. I just knew I just like, I felt so grateful and like felt like in my purpose. I was like, I'm in this space, I'm in my purpose. And I get to witness people in that transformation, just like as a normal thing I do a few times a month and just witness people being in their gratitude and being in transformation. Like I've been seen finally after years of fear of being seen and denying myself. Mm-hmm. So it's just like that is why I want to do this. Because I had that journey. And I want to create spaces for my younger selves to be seen, to be heard, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and to be let out. Because we just live in a space where there's like so much shame and misunderstanding around our pleasure, no yeah. education on our pleasure. Yes. And so it's just like, I just want y'all to know that there's, it's possible for you to step into it. Mm-hmm. It's possible for you to create what you want. And a play space is for you to do that. It's a, a space for you to be held and to be in your joy and to be in your bliss and to be in your pain and your sorrow and grief around these things. And it's okay. Mm. So and, and that's why he's Major Daddy. 
<laughs> Did you feel that? I felt it, Major Daddy. <laughs> I was talking into my Major Daddy vibe. Oh, it's there. It's felt across the ether. Um, yeah. If folks are ready to step into that or start taking the first steps to do that, um, yeah. how can they connect with you and the events that you put on? Like, where where can they start? Yeah, I have. Or where can they continue if they're like, okay, exactly. I've been to play parties, but I, I want this. So conscious play dynamic, I um, have a mailing list, and so you can follow because I have New York in January. I think May I have San Francisco. Trying to get to LA, mm-hmm, I have mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a lot. I'm starting Salt Lake City soon. Um, so I just I travel a lot, and I have a mailing list and. The communities that I do know, I put those in my mailing list as well. So if you are in those cities or if you're curious of where to find it, I think authentic relating is a great step to first start to tap into yourself or gain those uh, communication skills that are necessary. What's uh, authentic relating? Authentic relating is exercises created to start deep, like dive into depth when it comes to Mm -hmm. communicating. It's like... um, decentralized processing so you're a cue to process your truth and speak to that in a group mm-hmm. so you're process you're everyone in a group are the processing maybe anger um sexuality there's like whatever the theme is confusion and choice there's just like a, a space for you to be in that and mm-hmm. discuss that emote mm-hmm. and have non-violent communication skills yeah. while also practicing one processing tracking the communicating at the same time which mm-hmm. i think is important when it comes to really being clear around the pleasure mm-hmm. uh so that is a soft start a soft landing if you will when it comes to communicating because i think that's a huge part of pleasure and sexuality mm-hmm. especially pink um and then fi- following sexologists and sex positive people that post information that life is a great space for workshops. I wouldn't say parties are great there, but they're great for workshops and learning. Um, and find me wherever I am or hire me. I also will create a party specifically for you and your community, whatever that is, because that's one of my skill sets. I can create whatever type of conscious play experience that's desired. Mm-hmm. That's heart centered and creates a lot of connection with super fine and playful. Mm-hmm. It's up to you how you want to do it. Um, also, look, if you want to do it yourself, do some research, take some workshops, be trained as a facilitator and a trauma-informed human, um, and go out there and do it yourself. Would recommend uh, Major Daddy for all of your play party needs. Recommend <laughs> 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 Major Daddy. <laughs> okay, any, anywhere else you want people to look for you? Uh, you said conscious... Play.net. Consciousplay.net. Okay, yeah. amazing. Well, yeah. thank you so much for joining. Um, again, listeners, if you want to follow what I'm doing, I'm on Instagram at Sluts and Scholars. Um, you can listen anywhere you get your podcast or at slutsandscholars.com. Please don't forget to rate and review. Check out those advertiser discounts um, and go check out uh, Major Tom, Tom Daly, uh, Daddy Major, <laughs> wherever you can. <laughs> Sluts and Scholars, a podcast for professionals who prioritize pleasure. Sluts and Scholars is a podcast produced by Sluts and Scholars Media, LLC. It is a shame-free educational podcast made for your entertainment and informational desires only. 
The podcast, any opinions we share, and any resources, including social media and emails from us, are not therapy, medical care, or professional advice, and do not create a patient-client relationship. None of the information, opinions, suggestions, resources, or exercises mentioned in this podcast should be used without clearance from your healthcare provider. All opinions, information, and ideas expressed by the guests are solely their own. If you need emergency mental health or medical help, please call 911 or 988 or go to your nearest emergency center. We hope you enjoy the show.